0: To ADD Masterminds, I'm Bridgette Watt, and I'm here with Jimmy Humphrey. Hello, it is I, Jimmy Humphrey. Jimmy, Jimmy Humphrey, and Theosaurus Rex. Greetings, all. It is I, the Theosaurus Rex. <laughs> Greetings, all. It is I, Bridgette Watt. Have we all done it now?
1: I uh, I think so. I feel stolen. <laughs>
0: we three
2: are gathered together in my name. Okay. Oh, my goodness.
0: <laughs> Heresy. Oh, man. So we had like a heck of a time trying to get this to work today. Um, so I just all but gave up on video. <laughs> but I was getting so, ready to go to bed if you didn't get it fixed. <laughs> you were what? I was getting ready to go to bed if you didn't get
2: it fixed. Oh, That's- I know, I know. I told my wife, if he doesn't get it fixed by midnight, I think I'm
1: leaving. <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. It's so still at yeah. It is all good. I mm-hmm. always pop an energy drink before uh, we record.
0: <laughs> is it Acme Lasers energy drink? It does. I it All
1: the explosions. Oh, that's
0: great. I had a shot of Acme Laser coffee espresso
2: in my uh, Starbucks today before I started at work. So that was at like 7.30. There's something about
0: drinks with lasers in them, hey? Yeah. The new trend. Acme Lasers. Acme Lasers. Sorry, say it again.
2: AcmeLasers.com, right?
0: Yes. Oh, hold up. It's
1: (laughs) AcmeLasers.com slash air smudge sponsorship slash bridgelevat slash addmastermind.net blogspot.org. Yes, I found it right here. I'm ordering me some (laughs) at this moment.
0: Good, good. Hey, so um, I noticed, uh, I think it was you, Theo, that uh, added to our list, are we called to suffer here or is God making the best of your poor decisions? That was yours, right? Yes. Um,
1: So... I was, I was th- I've been really introspective as of late and so I started thinking to myself as I was you know kind of going through stuff where um okay let's uh let's back up for a second sorry I um my my I had an issues with my job I think I've talked about it here before yeah. and um so I'm no longer at the current job and so I'm at like a, a much different type of job. I'm back in like the retail world as opposed to the corporate world, for a little bit in between stuff, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I was thinking, and so it's like, wow, I'm not making nearly as much money. I'm not doing. I've got all those other kind of stuff. But like um, my the manager of the store I'm working at, his wife had cancer, and um, and she's having struggling with all this kind of stuff. And so I'm over here like, hey, let me. I'm i going to pray for you. And I wrote him a note of encouragement. Hey, thank you know all this kind of stuff. And um, it was really encouraging on that. And and then there were some other people going through some stuff and I was there to share with them and talk with them and stuff like that. And so I started thinking, that so I'm kind of suffering because I'm not making enough money and all this other kind of stuff. Um, But then it's like, so did God call me? And so I can see where God is working in this situation and where God's using me to be an encouragement and stuff like that to everyone there, in addition to just Good news, by the way. The manager's um, after only a month of chemotherapy, um, his and a, a small surgery. His wife is cancer-free and back wow. to work. Wow! Um, which so it's really cool. So like it's like wow. So was I? Did God take me out of that other job so He could put me back into this job for a little bit so I could be there to pray for this guy and to speak words of encouragement to this other person and to help these other people through these other issues? Or is this just God being like, okay? So you made a poor decision by going into the corporate world instead of going into ministry like you've planned and prepared for and also that kind of stuff because corporate world gives you more money. So now we're now that you're reaping the benefits of the cutthroat corporate world, I'm going to put you into this situation, but we're going to make the best out of it. Hmm. And so it got me so, – so long – all the background of that going back to this other thing is, so how do we know – If it's a situation where God's put you in a place that's difficult so that you can be there to be a blessing, or if it's just the ramifications of bad decisions you've made, but God's making the best out of it. Have you ever experienced anything like that slash um, have any thoughts on that?
2: You know, for that, I'm kind of reminded of the prophet Jeremiah. You know, prophet Jeremiah went into exile with the rest of the nation when, when they went into exile. And you could sit there and say, well, you know, well, to what degree was God in that? And to what degree was that just the uh, Israelites making really bad decisions? Hmm. Well, you yeah. so know, either way, God was with Jeremiah in the yeah. midst of the exile. And uh, so I think, you know, it's ultimately what you make of it that God can be with you even in the midst of poor decisions, either poor decisions you have made or poor decisions other people have made. Um, and so, yeah, there might be a suffering in it and it may be related to, uh, you know, I, I've been hit with the stupid stick a couple of times in my day. Uh, right. And but I still found that, you know, God was with me in the midst of being hit with the stupid stick. Um, yeah. So, yes,
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was going to say both. And I mean, like that's been my experience. And it's it's kind of funny because I have a tendency to just blame myself. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you look at all these scenarios, and it's like, yeah, well, technically, I brought this on myself somehow. Like, right now, I've got, like, um, I've got, like, this, uh, some skin issues, and the skin issues have now, like, you know, come to my face now, and everybody can see, you know, that I've got kind of, like, this rash on my face. We were going to do video, but because of all of our technical issues, (laughs) it's like, let's just not bother. But um, anyways... It's like I could look at my skin issues and say, "Why me, Lord?" But then at the same yeah. time I'm like, "Yeah, there's probably a few reasons." <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah. So, um, you Okay, this is one we were going to cover. Uh, um, we tried to cover I think, or did I cut it from the list last time? But high I hopes. I think you cut it from the- Yeah. High hopes peak a gig. <laughs> oh, Buddha judge. Is that how you say yeah. it? Oh. Yes. See? Political. Can't do it. Um, not and, getting political. We're not getting political. And a non-political look at hating everything go. about someone you hate. Wholesome. What? Exactly. Explain. Exactly. Explain.
1: It's not supposed to make sense. Actually, it is. But that's not the point. Okay, so <laughs> there is a video. So, um, not getting political. There is a presidential candidate running... His name is Pete Buttigieg, or however you pronounce it. It looks like Butt Geig. I don't know Buddy for sure. Buddy
0: Geig.
1: Yes. Um, and so he, he is a theme, his theme song is High Hopes by Panic at the Disco.
0: Can you sing it And for
1: me? Because um, we got high, high hopes for the living. living, living. Anyway, yes. You sound just like yeah. him. Hey, I don't want to get copyright stricken, so I changed it just a smidge. Written stricken? Uh, uh, whatever it is. It's late. I'm sorry. I
0: know. It's my um,
1: fault. So... There's this weird. There's it's. It is totally. Um, it's. It's really cringy. It's this dance that they do with it. They kind of go along with the beat, you know, pointing their hands up and down and then clapping along with the beat. It's really cringy. It looks like something they might do like in a youth summer camp and all other uh-huh. kind of stuff. <laughs> However, it's incredibly wholesome. There's nothing wrong with it in that. White
0: people dancing. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: But there are people who look, who look, who if you look for like the dance online or whatever the case is, the people on the opposing side of him hate it so much, and they're just like Oh, these people are mentally have mental issues, you know, da 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 da. Yeah. And so it just got me thinking, like with the whole thing of, um, are there things that people do? That you just don't like them or like what they stand for or whatever the case is. And you just hate everything about it, no matter how wholesome or pure <laughs> yeah. it is. It's like, yo, this person did this. Now I, yeah. I, I hate it. Obviously, yes. it's evil.
2: Yes. I feel that about uh, Candace Cameron Bure and her brother.
0: <laughs> I, I like Valerie. I don't like her.
2: Like, like I, I can't stand Can- Kirk Cameron, Candace Cameron. But they're always so wholesome, and it's disgusting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Full House is pretty awful, so I'm good with that. I also but, really dislike Hallmark movies.
1: So it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, see, so oh, it's a Hallmark movie. Never mind. That's stupid. I don't even want to say it. No, but it's got an interesting plot this time. It's different. But they don't. She, doesn't
0: get married to the person at the end. See, uh, I couldn't be bothered. But you know, I, I think my worst thing, and I talked about this on the Wax Museum episode that I released yesterday. Um, I'm talking. Oh. From, yeah, I'm talking from tomorrow. I'm. It's a time warp thing. You know what? Don't yes. think too hard about it. Well, um, we are in the next day over on the East Coast. <laughs> This will be released on Saturday. We're recording on Friday, and I released the Wax Museum on Friday. So Ah. by the time this comes out, it'll be yesterday that I released the Wax Museum. There you go. Um, And at
2: 80 miles an hour, we'll go back to the future, right?
0: Yes. Yes. Sure. Um, I guess you. But I did mention in the Wax Museum um, my dislike for YouTubers, even though we have videos on YouTube. But... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I always say to my kids, YouTubers aren't real celebrities. And every time they put a YouTuber on, I'm like, see? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> They're all garbage. Ah. Every one of them are garbage. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Uh, Justin Bieber, hello.
1: What? Hey, he's from Canada. You have to be nice to him. <laughs> him and Leonard Nimoy
0: and uh, William Shatner. Justin Bieber is Canada's Kanye West. That's the title of this episode. <laughs> so he's a good <laughs> Christian that we should all aspire to be like. <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't know. Okay. I like, I, I'm still like waiting. I'm like, okay, when does Bieber start doing stop doing worship music and do something weird? fil fil So far, so far, still good. Yeah, don't You mean so- chicken fillet, fancy pants?
1: Yes, chicken fillet. I got some chicken fillet with some waffle fries for free. I hate oh, waffle. Oh hoity toity. What? No, get out. <laughs> waffle hey, fries we're, are we're awesome we're not supposed
0: to get political guys
1: I'm not, there's nothing political about the fact that waffle fries are superior to all other fries
0: mm. you know
2: I like waffle fries but I still eat all of them anyway okay there you go I dig it
0: speaking of garbage viewing um, Bachelorette apparently Theosaurus <laughs> watches The Bachelorette What? you best believe <clears throat> it I'm going to do this in a lady voice he brought me water and checked up on me. I've never had a boyfriend be so considerate. <laughs> She's kind of sort of English, but not really. Yeah, well, there you go. It could work.
1: Okay, so I'm watching The Bachelorette. It's great. It's great people watching. That's the big thing. Oh. Um, so Can't do so it. you go there, so you're watching it, and but this girl gets sick. <laughs> and so the guy comes up to her brings her a bottle of water, and says, hey, are you okay? Then it cuts from there. She's like, yeah, I'm okay. And then she she, she threw up or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. I wasn't really paying attention to it. It's all in the background. So then she goes and it cuts the thing. She's like, yes, he brought me water and checked up on me. I've never had a boyfriend be so considerate. What what is society doing wrong in dating or whatever to where, like, handing someone water— and like checking up on them after they throw up, saying, "Hey, are you okay?" is considered ridiculously considerate. Well, like, do, what? How low are the expectations that people are setting? You know, We're see, when gonna... I was, go ahead. Oh,
2: oh. Well, I was gonna say when I was single, I considered that guys like that. I considered myself the competitive advantage because, like, I was like, "Whoa, there's guys out there who are like that, and these girls are gonna get used to." these guys for 10 years and then they're going to come across me and they're going to be like, well, he looks okay, but he's really sweet. And, you know, and, and so that's how I'm going to, you know, land a, uh, a beautiful wife.
0: Yeah. I don't know if people that are on the bachelor are indicative of what normal people are. Cause I mean, yeah. like, who goes on a show and says I need to sleep with all 15 of these people to figure out which one is my soulmate.
1: That's off. They don't sleep with one another.
0: Not at all. So the,
1: the fantasy suites happen. That's like there's only three of them left.
0: Oh, okay, so they only have sex with three people to figure out who they're gonna marry.
1: Yeah, except for Sean, but he didn't have. But he didn't sleep with any of them.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, because he's a Christian.
1: He actually yeah. yes.
0: I his is I've, one never, of the... <laughs> I've never dated multiple people at once. I mean, the whole thing's weird to me. I know Jimmy has. Jimmy, Jimmy dated a lot of women at once, right?
1: Yes. (laughs) Wait, really? So are you, are we
0: on the bachelor? I didn't start watching
1: until like Sean's season. I think I was like season 11. He's like, Back, back, back in the day, I decided to
2: kiss Josh Harris goodbye. And even though I was like, you know, not sleeping around or anything, I was just like, Hey, let me see how many dates I can go on in one weekend. And I did three dates with three different women in a 24 hour period. And, uh, it was exhausting and expensive, and I don't recommend doing it again. <laughs> I
0: it sounds terrible. He didn't so sleep terrible. With any of them, did he? You didn't sleep no, with I any... did. no, I did, I did it.
1: Yeah, that's good. That could have been like we might have had to cut that and post. Like basically, he's like, yes, all of them, and now my wife knows, and we must cut this. Basically,
0: like Queen Esther, she was on The Bachelor.
1: <laughs> yes, and
0: she won, and then saved
1: all of Israel. They—that's the point. She had, she had a purity ring.
0: She did. Yes. Uh-oh. I just lost oh. the next thing on the list. Oh, there we go. Oh, okay, well, so I... you, you said like beating authentic AF or perception is reality. See, I already said sex on this podcast. I'm not going to say what that F stands for.
1: It stands for um, being Freedom. authentic. Uh, seriously. Um AF is just, a, it's a colloquialism for a lot.
0: Oh, okay, I like it. Yeah,
1: it's, it's like some, it's like uh, Latin or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh,
0: <laughs> One of my kids says autofocus. It's autofocus.
1: There uh, you go. All that, yeah, like WTF, why that face, all that kind of good stuff. I got it. Mm. I got you.
0: I'm
1: down with the lingo. Um. So there was this, uh, there's this guy on YouTube and he posted something. He posted a picture of it and um he basically said, uh, or he said, so I achieved the look of contemplation while feeling very non-contemplative. And I discovered yeah. that's what's most important because appearing to be authentic is perhaps more authentic than being authentic. And so that got me thinking. Do we... A lot of this stuff gets me thinking, apparently. You've
0: been thinking uh, a lot.
1: I have. I've had a lot of time to think because I'm just sitting, standing there doing nothing and thinking. Um But so, okay, sorry. Is the appearance of being authentic and whatnot more important? And could it be more, could it actually be more authentic than being authentic? So I say that because if you have somebody who's trying to be authentic, but people don't perceive them as being authentic, then it has the actual negative effect of being authentic. So in theory, what if? You need to do your best to appear authentic so that people perceive you as being authentic, and therefore, in their reality, you are authentic.
0: Ah, perception is reality. I see. That's
1: why you dropped that. Yes, because it's by doing that, then they come away thinking you're authentic, and you don't have to – and that that could be better because as opposed to them not thinking. Does that – I know it seems like really jumbled up and everything – but there, I think there's there's something interesting in the, at the very core of it that I may not be getting to.
0: I could say that I think as Christians we should be very aware of how we're coming off. Yes. Um, how we are representing Christ, and so we do need to be wise in that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so it's not just like well, you know, live this life. You know, in secret, and I know you gotta you gotta be authentic and and have integrity in how you approach things. Um, but I think it's important that the world sees integrity too, and so I think yeah. we have to be very careful whom we defend and how. You know, when mm-hmm. it comes to like public figures and stuff like that. And if we picked someone like I don't know Justin Bieber, let's say. Hmm. And we said, yeah, 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 Justin Bieber represents my faith really well. And then it's like, and then Justin Bieber, like, I don't know, does something awful. You know, like, I I think we got to be careful who we hitch our wagon to without getting political. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, I I think that, you know, there's, um, so I think we do need to hold back sometimes. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't have to go tell people who we voted for necessarily. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. That's what I think. I mean, like I, you know, we look at somebody, you know, like Kanye, who's who's you know, getting a lot of attention. But I'm like, he's also mentally ill. So I'm like, I don't really know um, what all this means because he's a pretty obsessive guy, and yeah. he's obsessed with Jesus right now. Which I'm like, that's cool, but I don't know what he'll be obsessed with next. So I'm just kind of observing this, and I kind of like the music. It's good. Yeah. But it's like, we got to be careful what we hitch our wagon to. I think that's what I see from this.
1: um, And I think kind of jumping off sort of what what you were saying in that um, is the idea that if we, like, sometimes we can be too authentic. Like, you don't go up to somebody and, you know, tell, hello, hello. Hello, hi, my name is is Tim. We're making a Tim person, magical Tim person. And um, I have all of these sins and these addictions and stuff like this. Yeah. Now I'm being authentic to you. Yeah. I like that may have the, a worse setup as opposed to, hey, I, you know, so, hmm, that could be. Some people think oversharing is the same thing as being authentic.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, it's not. Well, it's like, hey, hey, man, I, I'm sorry. I was checking out your wife just now. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, yeah. like you, you, just being s- real, man. Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, you you stop. You don't do I... it. Like you caught yourself checking out someone's wife. You stop. You don't necessarily have to tell the dude that you did that. That's going right. to create all kinds right. of issues.
1: Yeah. And then and the, the perception is that you're, you're a creeper, not that you're being authentic. And therefore, that's the, the overall thing. Yeah.
0: I think the Bible talks quite a bit about being, you know, be gentle, you know, be, what is it?
1: Wise as serpents and harm, harmless as a dove.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cunning as a serpent and wise as, or, and gentle as doves, isn't it? Something like that.
1: Yeah. And carry a big
0: stick. No.
1: Always okay. a big stick. You carry
0: that on. Speaking of that, the Ender Wiggins School of
1: Retaliation. <laughs> the idea, um, are y- have you all ever read... Um, uh what's it called ender's game
0: no i no i haven't <laughs> first off it's a great read just
1: fyi and uh-huh. the movie didn't do it justice um the thing with so i wanted to kind of get into the morality so not getting political this is i thought about this before the whole thing with iran happened um there is so what and without getting into spoilers ender wigan he um he, he, his personality in terms of retaliation was I'm going to avoid conflict as long as possible. However, if we get into a conflict, I'm going to make it to where you can never go into a conflict with me again. Um, and so the idea is, or not the idea. So, so what I was thinking about with that is, is there a time where that is morally right to do, especially coming um, with us being as Christians? Is it better to to go maybe too far in terms of retaliation to ensure that they can never hurt another person again? And where does, like, where where where's our responsibility with that slash? Where does grace come in to that? Because if you just give grace to someone who is like an abuser of some sort, whether it be emotional, physical, whatever, and keep giving them grace, they're going to keep abusing, perhaps. and then you.
2: I figure vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So at the end of the day, Jesus is going to hurt them more than in a way that will keep them from ever hurting somebody again one day. So not my prerogative.
0: To me, protecting is about setting boundaries. So Mm -hmm. we need to make sure that that abuser is not in a situation where they can abuse again. So it's not about yeah. like, well, I'm gonna punch this guy so hard in his in the face that he won't be able to see where he's going, and he'll never physically hurt anybody. Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? Like that—that's <laughs> not necessary. Like it's just like, well, let's put him behind bars, or let's, you know, file restraining orders. Like there's so many ways to approach this. Yeah. And I—I I don't think like I—I I cannot imagine a scenario where I'd have to be violent to stop someone from hurting and i mean like if that happens i guess i'll cross that bridge when i get there Mm -hmm. but like i just i still really hold to jesus teaching of love your enemies and i don't know you know this is interesting because i was listening to um it was matt walsh (laughs) Speaking, (laughs) speaking of not getting political but um he said something that i thought was really interesting um and I, I thought a lot about this when it came to Mark Driscoll, too, because um, Mark Driscoll, there were a lot of people that were hurt by Mark Driscoll. And yep. there were all these people saying, um, they were saying, I forgive him. And it's like, well, hold on. And Matt Walsh was kind of saying the same thing about a different situation. You know, it's like, well, we should forgive that person for what they did. And it's like, well, they didn't do it to you. And so how can mm. you forgive someone for something they didn't do to you? And I'm like, that is interesting. I don't really have the yeah. power to forgive that person. Um, but do I have the power to condemn that person? I think we need to um, look at that situation and say, is there somebody I need to get out of this situation so they're not harmed by this abuser? Right. And I think that's the way to approach, but it's not our call to forgive that person. It's the. And if shows
2: at your church, you don't vote him to be pastor.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So be aware of how you can help set boundaries for the victims. Right. And I mean, if that guy comes and he's like, I've got a history of abuse and I'm really struggling with, you know forgiving myself and it's like okay well I can come alongside of you but I also cannot say yeah we're going to put you in a position where you can abuse again
1: that's fair do
0: you think that
1: let's see so if you have someone who who is a habitual abuser and everything like that is there a situation where even even in a non-violence thing that Um, you could go too far and stuff. So let's say you have someone who, who let's say is a habitual abuser and then you send them to jail because let's say they do something and whoever was the actual victim sent them to jail and therefore they can't do it again. However, they also have no real way while they're in jail for them to show like true repentance, right? Because they're not in a situation where they can't abuse and therefore they can't say, You know, they, you don't, you can't like show them or they can't show you that if given a chance to abuse, they wouldn't do it again. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So is, is that, can you go too far in that way? In not giving them opportunity to show they're not going to abuse again? And not giving them, yes. Well, I mean, obviously it depends on the type of abuse too, Right. Right. Because there's some types of abuse that it's like, yeah, reoffending is very, very likely. So, yeah, you can't teach kindergarten anymore. You know, like, it, Right. It, um, man, like, I think forgiveness is such a personal thing. Right. So, like, I think we have kind of messed it up in Christianity. Because when we say, like, well, I forgive you, you know, we're able to think that you, we think that we corporately can forgive someone without really dealing with the fact that there are victims that haven't gotten any kind of retribution. So I think, you know, one, one route I know in Canada that they're working with is restorative justice. Um, they're probably doing it in other countries, too. But there's people moving towards that. And so it's like if we're going to set up a justice – oh, and this is totally political, but like, uh, you know, if we're going to have a justice system, if there's some means of doing restorative justice, that would be ideal. Because not only do you have, like, you know, that situation where it's like, well, you have to acknowledge what you did, but there's also, like, you have to make it right somehow. And it's up to the victim to determine how they can make it right. But it Hmm. means it requires willingness, though, on both sides, Yeah. And, you know, both sides saying, yeah, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And the victim saying, yeah, I want to somehow, you know, like, come to terms with what this person did. Ask them questions, whatever questions I want to ask. Like, why did you do this? And we're talking about some really grotesque things that people have done where someone's able to talk to them and say, why did you do this? And get them the training required so that they understand they can't do that
1: right
0: hmm it's an interesting model i'd like to know more about it because we're talking about some like very serious crimes where people went the restorative justice route instead of the actual regular system all right i'm actually running out of time here i have to i have to drive somebody home today so uh-oh. Um <laughs> I know. And we it's had to, the like the masterminds ever. This is gonna be the shortest one ever between my <laughs> technical difficulties and my responsibility as, as a parent. Um so last one. I'm so much better at being humble. Talk about this one, Theo. It is
1: one hundred percent accurate. I am probably the most humble person that I know. Hey. Um <laughs> I, I hey it's it's a sad thing. It's a so the the background about, behind yeah. this. Well, you're pretty humble, but you're still not as humble as I am. Oh. And that's... A, <laughs> I'm, uh, well, the, I'm now art. Oh, my goodness. The long story short of this is um, I had applied for a job. I got, through, I got to the second... I was top two. Ended up going with somebody else. And... Um, So I I found out who they went with. I found out they went with the other person, and Uh I go and I'm like, and I did something really nice to the person who didn't hire me, or for the person who didn't hire me. And I was like, I bet you, I bet you, if that person hadn't been hired, they wouldn't be doing this nice thing for them. And I was (laughs) like, oh my gosh, what have I done? This is terrible. (laughs) And so it's that whole thing about is how is it okay to be proud or happy or whatever the fact when you do good things, Hmm. without being like. Sinful pride. Well, should you be ashamed of your humility? I mean. That's, that's part of the thing. It's how a lot of people, they, they get to where they think, like, you know, it's like, oh, well, you're, I'm, I'm I'm such a terrible person. All they focus on is how bad they are. And in doing so, it's kind of like a fake humbleness.
0: Yeah, right. that's false humility. I, I think humility is something where it's balanced between um, having confidence in yourself. Yeah. And being able to get to the point where you don't need to talk about it. (laughs) Right. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's just, I I, I think that like a person who's truly humble is fully grounded in their identity in such a manner that they're not totally image conscious. And so there's a trick there because I I know for me, false humility, you know, comes up when people say something positive to me and I want to deflect it. And I'm like, no, 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 I need to be okay with them saying something nice about me and just accept it. And it's like, oh, but they might think I'm prideful. And it's like, don't don't care. doesn't matter. (laughs) And so it's almost like a truly humble person is okay with people thinking they're prideful because they're not going to bother to correct people's you know, notions about them. Right.
1: It's almost like accepting the fact that you're good at things or you are accomplished great things, or whatnot, accepting reality, the truth that you were good at this or whatever the case is not the same as uh, lording that over people almost. Yeah. So cool.
2: At work, at work this past week, I had to make a newsletter featuring me and that cause they were having like, feature employee. And so I was responsible for writing up a full page bio about myself, which, you know, I gladly did, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I had to take a picture of myself to include it in there. And so I just took a selfie and uh, and a couple of people remarked about how good the selfie is. And one, one lady was like, well, it looks like you've done that before. And I was like, well, <laughs> yes, I have. Wow. <laughs> like, I, I'm really good at the selfie thing and I'm not ashamed.
0: there you go well and I think this is something and I don't know if I've addressed this I've probably addressed this on ADD Masterminds before but this idea of being gifted it's like you know it's like wow you're a really gifted bass player and it's like yeah like basically I didn't work hard to be able to do this well so I can't be prideful about that you know what I mean like it's like I just happened to get the genes to be able to do this so it's like, what can I really be proud of? You know, like, what can I get prideful about?
1: <laughs> it's it's kind of like with the whole thing of, like, going into Christianity. Real quick, because I know you got to go, so I'm sorry. Yeah. But, like, it's why we we aren't saved by works. We're yeah. saved by the fact that, that Jesus did this, and he did it for everybody, doesn't matter how terrible we are and all that kind of stuff, just so that we can't. Um, it's a gift of God, not by works that's lest any man should boast and it's the whole, so yeah i can, i'm i'm a better christian than you yeah well you know not not really and we're all kind of the same christians in, in many ways i can't be proud of the fact that i'm a christian and this other person isn't because it's just as easy for them to become a christian
0: exactly well thanks guys i'm sorry this was so brief it's like all my fault <laughs> no it's all good <laughs> We will come back with a longer ADD masterminds in a couple weeks, but thank uh. you for listening people, all my ADD people. Yes. You
1: can find me on Twitter at ST Theosaurus Rex. That's at St. Theosaurus Rex. And you can find me at
2: Jimmy's where my podcast and blog and, uh, a link to my food channel that I'm developing on YouTube with my wife. Ah.
0: And you can find you, me I'm, I'm. at Bridge Live What. Catch you guys later. Awesome. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Fact
2: 10 out of 10 people who claim to hear from God need medicine. <laughs> or so we think. It is a common misperception that only a crazy person would claim that they hear the voice of God, when in fact, in truth, according to the scriptures, I believe that God still speaks today. And in my latest episode at Jimmy'sTable.com, I state that I believe we all hear from God in a myriad of different ways. If you come over to Jimmy'sTable.com/Listen, listen to episode 42, in which I answer the question of, does God still speak today? and examine the four primary ways in which I believe that God speaks to us today that doesn't make us all sound crazy.